Hello. We are finally, finally here after what seems like, I don't know, just seems like a few months really, and that's all it's been. Uh, We're to Seahawks training camp. Uh, welcome everybody. This is uh, Brian Nemhauser from hawkblogger.com slash hawkblogger on Twitter. Sorry, slash hawkblogger on Facebook, at hawkblogger on Twitter. And uh, as well as on Periscope, if you haven't seen me there, check me out. I'll have some stuff starting today. We are hours away from the first snap, the first whistle, the first horn of training camp, the first run through the warm-ups. It is always an awesome moment. Um, if you are going to be there, Take a take a picture of the very first snap of the very first horn when those guys gather before practice starts. You know that is the start of every year. I have one that I still look at. Uh, never got framed, but first snap, first moment of that 2013 season. You know I knew it then. I felt it through and through that that was the team that was going to do it, and they did it. And uh, this team is poised to be another one that could do it. So. Enjoy that. Get out there. Bring your sunscreen for sure. And be ready for a lot of interesting information that you'll have to pick out yourself. It won't show itself to you. You'll have to be on the lookout for it. No one's going to announce anything. But if you're curious about if certain players are there, the way to find out is, you know, you've got a roster. If you go to my site, hawkblogger.com, there is a link at the top, downloadable training camp roster. I highly recommend grabbing that sucker, downloading it, printing it is even better because you can kind of thumb through it. I recommend bringing a couple, print out a few extras, family members, friends, um, so you don't have to share it. You can just have it to yourself or have an extra and when someone else says, hey, where'd you get that? It's a nice way to meet another 12, hand one to them. Um, they'll appreciate it. You might make a friend. It's, uh, it's always good to have more 12s in tow. So we are here to talk about the last three positions on the roster that have not been covered before. If you have not had the chance to listen to the other podcast this week, I recommend you do cover in detail pretty much every single player on the 90-man roster by position group, by what to pay attention to, by what their challenges are going to be, what the expectations are, what the key camp battles are. All of that's covered. And what we have left to cover today are some pretty glamorous positions, at least on this team. We've got quarterback. I think you guys all know that role. We've got the offensive tackles that block them, block for them, and then we've got tight ends. And tight ends are not necessarily a, a glamorous role around the league, but there are a few that make it a glamorous role, and the Seahawks traded for one of them in Jimmy Graham. So we will talk about all of those folks, and why don't we get started by 
Talking quarterback. We will know very shortly, if not already, whether or not Russell Wilson has signed a deal. And the expectation is he's not going to sign a deal. At least my expectation is he won't. If he does, fantastic. I think that was the ideal, is that you get a franchise quarterback for as long as possible. Russell has completely outperformed his rookie deal. He has been the best quarterback in Seahawks history in only three years. He's a guy made to win. He's a guy made to score. He is more football player than he is pure passer, but he gets the job done. And this is a year where he'll be entering his fourth season. And the questions are are less now about his height and about whether he's a franchise quarterback and more about how good can he be. This is a guy that um, Brock Hewitt had a good call out last night, or maybe it was two nights ago, but on Twitter just saying, hey, if, if Russell Wilson never played another snap, he would be the number two all-time career leader in passer rating in the NFL. It's true. Now, he doesn't have the minimum 1,500 attempts to qualify, but he's he's at like 1,300. He's, he's going to qualify this year. And the point's still the same. This guy is a highly efficient passer. He has uh, a great awareness of where the defense might be. He can actually be over, overly conservative in how he plays, which can be problematic. But he doesn't turn the ball over, relatively speaking. He has a very high touchdown rate, a very high yards per attempt. Everything about him is efficient, except for one thing. This is a guy that still is not great at going within the offense, hitting the top of his drop, and getting rid of the ball on time to the right player at the right place. So he has moments. He flashes this. He's shown growth here. Pete Carroll talked about it at the end of last year, that he was doing that more often. It makes them a better team. It makes them far harder to defend. Yes, Russell has great scrambling ability. Yes, Pete Carroll brags about how they practice the scramble drill and all the receivers know how to go into that mode. All that's true. Not going to take that away from Russell. But there is a fine line between having an ability and overemphasizing it to where it becomes a weakness. And when Russell and the Seahawks offense stalls is when an opposing team is able to keep him in the pocket and he is unable to get rid of the ball in time. He has a tendency to hold onto the ball longer than any quarterback in the NFL. And those of you out there that would say it's because he's having to run for his life because of the offensive line, you're wrong. You are 100% wrong. Russell Wilson creates as much pressure as any offensive lineman in front of him. He runs outside the tackles. And if you understand leverage and you understand the way people build a pocket an offensive line coach builds a pocket when you run on the outside the offensive tackles only opportunity is to either hold so the person doesn't run after the quarterback or just push them as hard as you can and hope they don't get to you first Russell does that a lot too much and for a quarterback that has the confidence that he does that wants to be known and respected at the level that he wants he's got to keep adding to his game 
just saying that he's the best and just saying that he wants to be known as the best ever, that's one thing. You know, we hear about his relentless work ethic and no time to sleep and all that stuff, and that's great. But show me the improvement. At this point, I don't think there's a lot of clear improvement you can point to from year two to year three in Russell Wilson's career. This is a player that struggled at times for a lengthy period of time during the 2014 season. And part of those times are when he has trouble finding rhythm within the script of the offense. So, Russell Wilson signs or he doesn't sign. What I want to see from Russell Wilson is, is he hitting the top of his drop and getting rid of the ball? Is he still scrambling too much? Is he being decisive in the pocket? Those are the things we want to see. We also want to see if he's finding receivers that he knows or if new receivers that he likes. He has a tendency to pick out receivers and really favor them over others. Golden Tate was a perfect example. You knew based on the way training camp went that he liked him. Watching training camp in past years, you knew that Russell Wilson liked throwing to people like Cooper Helfett, liked throwing to Brian Walters. Um, There are players that kind of stood out just in the sense that you could tell Russell had trust in them. And that ended up meaning a roster spot down the line. I'm not saying it was because Russell liked them, but it was a good indicator that those were players that he had a rapport with and that were going to be in the mix um, throughout camp. So big, big moment for Russell. Going to be interesting. Moving on down the quarterback's list, You've got Tavares Jackson, who's signed. He and R.J. Archer will quote-unquote battle for the backup position. R.J. Archer is is a, an Arena League quarterback. I think they like him. I think they paid lip service to liking him. I think they wanted Tavares Jackson all along. I think they would have loved to actually have drafted a rookie quarterback this year, and I think they couldn't find the right one at the right slot. And so Tavares Jackson's back for another year. He is a quintessential backup quarterback. I think you know, all we're looking for there is him to be himself. No real change. Now, as we transition to the guys that are actually catching, well, let's actually go to the tackles first. I changed my mind. Talked about the interior linemen and the battles that are going to be going on there. On the outside, you have some interesting things going on because Russell Okung is in the last year of his deal, and in all likelihood, this is his last year with the Seahawks. He's your left tackle. He was a number six overall pick. And they don't really have a clear, highly touted left tackle prospect that they're developing behind him. Alvin Bailey has been the backup left tackle. I think he's very good as a backup left tackle. I think he is very questionable as a starting left tackle. And he is now your starting left guard. So he's also not an option there unless... You know, they approach the draft next year and, and decide to, to take it to take care of it that way. You've got Justin Britt on the other side. He's coming into his second year and should be improved. I'm going to be paying attention to one 1v1 pass rushing drills with him, and hopefully he can hold his, his ground a little bit more than he did last year, where he was pretty much just a revolving door for whatever pass rusher stepped up against him. And then behind those guys, I think the interesting question is going to be, where is Gary Gilliam? 
six foot five, 306 pounds. He's 24 years old. Converted tight end that converted to a to a tackle in college at Penn State. Came out last year was an undrafted free agent, and now is a pretty decent athlete out there at tackle. We haven't really gotten a chance to see him and how he holds up in in pass rush. I don't think he's he's quite as good at a pass protector as Alvin Bailey, but I think we're going to get a lot of chances to see Gary Gilliam. Alvin Bailey was number two left tackle last year. I think you'll see Gary Gilliam getting those snaps this year is my guess. The other two guys in camp at tackle are Jesse Davis, who's a rookie out of Idaho, 23 years old. He's six foot six, 298 pounds. Really curious to see how he looks, and, and he's number 73. We'll kind of see where, where they slot him in and how he gets utilized. And then listed as a tackle is Terry Poole, their fourth-round pick. He's also a rookie, 6'5", 320 pounds. But the plan for Poole supposedly is to play a guard. They've got a big logjam at guard, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Poole getting some snaps at tackle as well. He probably projects more as a right tackle in, in the NFL. Uh, then and then a left tackle, but we'll see where they play him. So those are your tackles, and then we get into tight end, which I actually think is one of the the interesting groups this year. Because what is Jimmy Graham? Is Jimmy Graham a tight end? Is Jimmy Graham a wide receiver? When he was franchised, he and his agent went. To the NFL and did everything they could to try to be franchised and classified as a wide receiver. And their argument was sound because he played two-thirds of his snaps off the off of the line as a receiver. And he got designated as a tight end, so he is still on the roster as a tight end. And I think the Seahawks will continue to talk about him as a tight end because of the pay implications of him being anything but. At this point, you've got a dynamic receiver who has size. And I can tell you for sure, after watching that Super Bowl numerous times, part of the challenge is that Russell Wilson does have trouble seeing some of the shorter receivers. And I don't know why the Seahawks continued to run out shorter receivers and didn't put out taller receivers. But having a guy like Jimmy Graham could be the perfect addition for a guy like Russell Wilson. So we're going to see Jimmy Graham. We're going to see how they use him. We're going to see how he interacts with guys like Doug Baldwin, where he lines up versus where Doug lines up versus, you know, who's getting snaps in what packages you expect Jimmy Graham to be on the field pretty much all the time. And then it'll be interesting to see, you know, one V one pass blocking, you know, do they get some, some blocking challenges with Jimmy Graham? How does he look doing it? Um, I'm really curious to see once they get into preseason games, how that goes. Now, the reason the wide receiver tight end question or designation for Jimmy Graham is so interesting is regardless of how they list him on the roster, if the Seahawks really see him as a wide receiver, as a big wide receiver, which I kind of think they do, then I think there's a potential that they decide to keep three additional tight ends. Generally, you keep three tight ends on your roster. That would mean Jimmy Graham, Anthony McCoy, Luke Wilson would be the three that would be the odds-on favorite coming into camp. I think there's a chance that they designate Jimmy Graham a wide receiver, keep one less wide receiver than they might have otherwise, and keep three tight ends. So one of the weird kind of roster, back end of the roster things, is when you've got 
two different positions battling that don't really even know. They're not the same position. So you could have a situation where they're deciding, should we keep Cooper Helfit or should we keep Kevin Norwood? Should we keep Cooper Helfit or should we keep Ricardo Lockett or Rashawn Allen or Ricardo? Those are kinds of things that aren't going to be obvious to the average fan, but are absolutely going on when they're building out their roster. I will be interested to see with these guys how they utilize them. That's another indication. So Anthony McCoy, when is he coming in? When is Luke Wilson coming in? Is Luke Wilson, are there situations where Luke Wilson and Anthony McCoy are the two tight ends in a two tight end set and Jimmy Graham and Doug Baldwin are the two receivers? I'm intrigued. I think that could happen. And that's essentially, you know, technically a three tight end set, but the way it works with the Seahawks is, you know, Jimmy Graham is, is acting as a receiver. So those are things that are going to be really interesting to watch. I think Rashawn Allen's a dark horse in this race. He's six foot four, 250 pounds. He's roughly the same size as Anthony McCoy. He is good as a two-way player. He's a good blocker. He's a good receiver. Promising. He could be another practice squad guy for another year, which, which is possible. Anthony McCoy has always been promising, battled two devastating injuries the last two years and has stuck around. So let's see how these guys shake out. That's going to be a very competitive group. Every one of those players is a quality player will likely be on all of them will at least be on a practice squad somewhere. Um, it's not at all out of the question that all of them are on an NFL roster by the time the season starts. So a very deep position, very interesting position, lots to watch there. And of course, Jimmy Graham's going to get all sorts of attention. So keeping it short, we all got stuff to do today. Hope to see you there. I'll be the guy wearing a Seahawks hat. You should have seen me by now. If you haven't, um, always feel free to tweet at me on Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll be checking it out online and always good to meet people. Apologies if I'm, if I'm brief, I'm always trying to take notes cause I, I, there's t- so much going on at camp. I try to keep track of everything I can to, to convey it back to fans later. So, um, always great to say hi, never hesitate to do it. And, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We're about to get going again for another season. Can't wait. Take care. I've been waiting to slide.